Hey everyone, welcome to the Intro Me podcast. It's great to have you. Today we have Gwen Peters, innovation leader from Rockwell Automation. And oh my gosh, there's so much good in this episode for all of you starting your career or even those of you who are listening and want to sort of refresh or revamp or recharge, whatever. Uh, There's so much knowledge and insight and strategic uh, flexibility, I'll call it, uh, in in this episode. Um, Everything from, you know, how Gwen stayed up super late uh, in eighth grade, just working and studying, um, to how that's carried over into, uh, into her work today. And what I really appreciate was um, her insight on how from uh, job to job you can collect transferable skills to take with you on your career journey. So uh, like I said, lots of good stuff. Let's jump right in. And if you've got uh, any questions or you want uh, updates on when we release episodes, head over to intro.me, I-N-N-T-R-O.me, and uh, just fill out the form and we'll keep in touch. Hey, Gwen. Welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you here. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me. Um, I know we were just chatting right before I hit record. I'm I'm so excited to have your story out to the world. Um, it's it's got it just got so many nuggets of wisdom and um, and interesting. Uh, well, I don't want to give anything away, so we'll we'll kind of just jump right in and <laughs> by by setting some context. Um, uh, as innovation leader at Rockwell, what is the 20,000, 30,000 foot view of what you do today? So Rockwell Automation is the world's largest company dedicated to industrial automation. And my job as innovation leader is to help our 23,000 global employees to be creative, to experiment with their ideas, to craft business cases around them and implement them. And I also help our company, which is 117 years old, (laughs) use our financial and people capital and our domain expertise, but also leverage aspects of what a startup company have, like a culture around speed and sense of urgency to create a brand new culture of innovation. Uh, Geez, you've got your work cut out for you with that many employees and that history (laughs) of a company. Wow. Um, This is... uh, what, what I've noticed with all of the guests who have been on is they explain what they do, and I do kind of take a step back and go, holy cow, this is some serious, uh, seriously impactful work at, at significant organizations. And so what I always wonder when I hear that is, how did you get started? I mean, what was your uh, first professional job or um, internship and you know, how did you land that? I started my professional career at a company called Solar Turbines in San Diego. I was a combustion engineer. And Solar Turbines makes really large gas turbine engines that are meant for generating power or compressing gas on big pipelines. The energy from one engine would would 
power about 3000 homes. Oh my gosh. But these are used for industrial cases. Uh -huh. And my job was to design combustion systems for those engines that dramatically reduce greenhouse gases. Okay. And I oversaw every aspect of the engineering process. So I used physical and chemical bottles to craft new designs. Then I oversaw the manufacture of the metal designs. I tested them in a full engine test cell and I analyzed the results. So you are just accustomed to having really huge jobs. Well, it's what I like. <laughs> I, I, I would say I, I would say those early roles were primers for me in the role I have now. Uh -huh. But I like those open-ended challenges where I'm just given an end state of a goal that I'm trying to achieve and I have to figure the rest out. I like having a lot of variables and sorting through the, the chaos or the mess. Right, right. Um, and so how did you even land that job? How did you get it? I mean, that's a lot of responsibility to start with. It was easier than you might think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I went to grad school and focused um, just by chance on the kinetics of combustion. I, I plan to go to grad school and study fluid dynamics. Uh -huh. And I just hit it off with a professor whose research was funded by solar turbines. And he had a, a thesis project just waiting for me around modeling chemical kinetics of combustion reactions. So that was what my graduate research was like. And the company solar turbines that was funding that research had an opening around the time of my graduation. So I quickly transitioned from University of Washington in Seattle down to San Diego, and the rest is history. You know, I, it's so interesting. Uh, again, the the common themes in landing that first gig is really they revolve around connections. I mean, besides, you sort of you've got to have the baseline knowledge and skill set, but then connections and timing really play a role. Absolutely. When I think back on it, finding a first job wasn't even on my radar. I was maybe two months from graduating and I I really was not worried about it or have thinking about it at all, which I'm sure I should have been. So it's really fortunate that they came to me because um, who knows what might have been different if I waited until I graduated to start to start looking and where I would have ended up and where you would have ended up. Right. Right. So um, and we'll get to where you ended up. Um Along the way, uh, or in the early stages of, of your career, was there ever any advice that either really stood out and helped you or that you received and then you were sort of happy you disregarded? I'll answer both of those. <laughs> okay. The, the one that I received that really helped me out was in my first professional job, one of my mentors told me that it was my job to make decisions based on inaccurate, imperfect, and incomplete data. Uh -huh. And that was kind of an eye-opening experience to me because I would, I would run these engine tests and try to find the perfect combination of variables, right? And I'd get the data back and it would be contradictory mm -hmm. or there would be holes in it. And it would be frustrating. And at the same time, he said, you know, if, the solutions were obvious a monkey could do it right you need to sort through the inconsistencies and the gaps in the data and, and make decisions based on things that are imperfect and that has been the case i think in everything you do in life and everything you do at work so that's really stuck with me mm -hmm. some advice that i haven't gotten from any particular person but i i hear the phrase used a lot is you can't have it all <laughs> and 
I think in a very narrow sense, that's true. But the way I prioritize my life and make decisions based on those priorities, I feel like I do have it all. Uh, I think hard work makes up for a lot. And yeah, I don't have it all with eight hours of sleep every night. But if you're willing to work hard, I think in every phase of my life, and even as my priorities have changed, I've more or less had it all as far as home and work and in life. You know, right now, what's important to me is having work that's challenging and um, with really smart colleagues, you know, a flexible schedule. So if I want to do something with my family in the middle of the day on a Tuesday, Mm -hmm. usually I can, you know, enough of a salary that I can live well and take vacations and things like that. And I feel like I do have a well-rounded life and based on the priorities I have right now, have it all. That's awesome because uh, it sounds like you're really fulfilled in, in, in both personal and work life. And, um, and that's hard to get to for a lot of people. Um, and, and, you know, I think uh, it takes a lot of self-awareness and it sounds like it sounds like maybe the tone for that was set by what your mentor did say to you by, by giving you that advice of, of making those decisions in those environments. Maybe you learn to just uh, see things in a different way. Probably so. And I think a common thread through all of that is there's no substitute for hard work. Mm-hmm. I suppose a, a very strong work ethic was ingrained in me from an early age. I remember being in like eighth grade and staying up until 2 a.m. studying, which I don't think most <laughs> eighth graders do. I don't know about nowadays, but no, um, I don't think so. I think there's no substitute for hard work. And that's what's led me to be in a situation now feeling like I, I have all mm-hmm. the important things that I want in life. That's awesome. So I know there are a lot of uh, um, buzzwords in the in the business world, and um, and you know you are in a big company. You probably hear a lot of them all the time, but I want to focus on so one uh, that and and see what it means to you. Uh, let's look at networking. How do how do you interpret it, and or how do you leverage the networking today, or how have you in the past? Yeah, I think networking is being curious about others and uncovering what you can learn from each other. Definitely early in my career, I thought networking was just an excuse for a social gathering. And probably that was because if given the roles I was in, I could pretty much accomplish my job by myself. There were other people I had to work with, but the, the core part of my job was independent work. And really, it was when I joined Rockwell Automation about 13 years ago that I found out this is a complex company. It's a major company. It's a global company. And you would have no chance of succeeding in your role without the ability to leverage everyone around you, build a network, understand their priorities, and layer upon those priorities to be successful together. So a large part of my job is understanding my internal network, understanding my external network, how do those fit together, and really putting effort into understanding what people do and and how that relates to our company's strategy, uh, our technology growth as a region, and even me individually. Yeah, and I think that's really important, the distinction you made on inside and outside the organization. I think a lot of us focus on networking uh, in terms of who we need to know, 
uh, outside of the company. Um, and that's really important to have those relationships inside as well. Uh, here's the big question. You started as an engineer. Now you're leading innovation. What's the link from where you started in, your, in that first job to what you do today? The link has really been collecting transferable skills. I'd say my first year of a professional environment, I thought it was all about climbing the ladder and getting to a title or a position and getting there as quickly as possible and getting there as straight up as possible without having to take too many side steps. Mm -hmm. And the more I got into work, the more I realized how much roles change and how much companies change and the world changes. And the role you think you might want in five or 10 years is very likely not to even exist. Um, and the role you end up wanting probably isn't there yet. So what's been most important for me is to understand what are the key transferable skills I can take away from the role I'm in, the key accomplishments I can hang my hat on. And then working really hard at those to ensure that when I do want to move roles, I have a big diverse set of compelling options for my next move. And as I build more and more of those transferable skills, I have even more compelling options available to me. Mm -hmm. So examples that have been, I think, very meaningful in my career, executive communications, business case development, um, finance. So some of those core skills that are going to be important everywhere you go. I, I, I don't even know how to underline that enough in terms of great advice for people who are starting their career. And, you know, what I'm hearing and what you're saying is not just um, – you know, the, the actual words, but you, you've, you've said in a number of ways, uh, have a plan or you might have a plan and then you need to adjust as things actually happen. And, uh, I really admire your ability to be, uh, thoughtful about that process. Thank you. Thank you. So, all right, we're going to transition to the fun, exciting rapid fire <laughs> questions. Okay. Um, so whatever comes to your mind first, no judgment, just shout it out or whatever. Um, I'll start with number one, what are you, and this could be on any platform, digital, traditional, whatever, physical book, what are you reading at the moment or what's something you'd recommend to someone trying to launch their career? The Compelling Communicator. A super important book around communication for anybody in a professional environment. Okay. Good. We've had no duplicates yet, so I'm happy. And I'm sure we will not have a duplicate on this, but this is always the question <laughs> I am so anxious to know about. What is your go-to food when you need a boost? Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> either, either Americone Dream or Half-Baked. Oh, so much. I, if I didn't have a lot of respect for you before this, it's off the charts now. <laughs> okay. Uh, Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. But I'm becoming more and more of a TikTok fan. Yes. It's so addictive. Same, same here. Um, besides this one, do you have a, uh, ha, 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 do you have a favorite podcast? Um, don't hold it against me. Never. <laughs> Here to make friends. Okay. It's a bachelor recap <laughs> podcast. Guilty pleasure. <laughs> uh, this is why. With I, a feminist slant. This is, yeah, with yeah. a feminist slant. I love it. This is why I love this part of the show. Uh, you, YouTube <laughs> or Hulu? 
Ooh. YouTube. Okay. Everyone's been pointing at the YouTube. Um, okay. This this question used to be, you know, who do you admire in the business world? And my wife uh, brilliantly rephrased it, uh, and I love it. Um, if you had a talk show, who would be your very first guest? Ooh. Michelle Obama. Love it. Awesome. Well, this was so much fun. Gwen, I thank you. Uh, we've captured so many valuable nuggets uh, for people who are looking uh, at uh, the, the craziness now of launching their career and trying to get that done. And um, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me.